As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10, place your first bet on any game, and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. Hi, this is Andy Staples from The Athletic, and welcome to our ranking of Big 12 jobs. This is myself and Ari Wasserman, who covers recruiting for The Athletic, and we did this with every Power 5 league where we ranked the jobs from top to bottom. Big 12 is interesting to me because it it's very tough to distinguish in the middle. The number 10 job's easy. The number one and two jobs, figuring out which they are, are easy, but not where to put them. Because as you'll listen, Ari and I have very strong opinions about which one should be number one, but we don't believe the same school should be number one. So give it a listen. The Big 12 for me was one and two were easy, and and deciding which was one and which was two for me was easy. Yeah. And everybody else was tough. So I agree with you. Yeah, so let's Let, start. Let's, yeah, let's start at the top. Ari, did you have Oklahoma or Texas number one? Texas, without thinking about it. Oh, I see, I had Oklahoma without thinking about it. Because we're talking about the next five years, the same issues. It, it, actually, let's go back to the SEC rankings where we had Texas A&M because we had some... We had some mad Texas A&M fans on, on Twitter this past week that said, how could you rank it below... The, and then they list five schools that have played for the national title since 2008. And I'm like, well, that's how. So my thing with Oklahoma and Texas, what is Texas's problem? Alignment. What does Oklahoma have better than anybody else? Alignment. Oklahoma, everyone there makes the football coach's job easier. That They understand that that's what they're there for. Texas, they don't get that. And that's why, despite all of the resources they have at Texas, I put them number two. Despite everything that's gone wrong at wrong at Texas, they're still a more physically talented team than Oklahoma. And if you look right now at the recruiting class that Sark is putting together in 2022, like less than three months on the job, he's already got, what, one, two, three, four, five top 100 players committed. Like, Texas has the ability to be a recruiting juggernaut in Texas, in theory, could one day be Alabama with the right person in charge. Like Texas has higher potential 
to be the best thing in college football than Oklahoma does. Because but Oklahoma Oklahoma keeps doing it. And still, yeah, no, Oklahoma, trust me, Oklahoma is a better football program right now. But if we're ranking jobs, I for think 10 years ago. For the next five years, Oklahoma will be the best one for the next five years, too. I think that the second it clicks at Texas, Oklahoma's in second place. Okay. I think the second that well, it goes that, I, I think five years cent- from now, it could be a century on, we're still waiting for Texas to click. <laughs> yeah, no, I okay. know, I get it. But <laughs> Texas is the state school um, and the school that's expected to get the best players in the state of Texas. And that is a unique situation. And I understand it's probably the most competitive state or one of the three most competitive states in college football to recruit. And I understand that for whatever reason, things just aren't working there. But the entire idea of being the head coach of one of these jobs is that it's your job to make things functional and make things right. So right now, Oklahoma is certainly way off ahead, excuse me, of of Texas based on the performance standpoint and the program stability standpoint. There's no doubt about that. And I understand that we're doing this for the next five years. But if Sark recruits classes like this one, for four or five years in a row, it would be the craziest thing in the world if it continues. And I know the Texas, I know you're already flaring your eyes up at me. I know. Did, I know. Did Texas, did Texas not have highly ranked recruiting classes at any point of the last 10 years? Yeah, they've had pretty good recruiting classes for sure. Okay. They were the fifth most talented team in college football. And they had the number three class in 2019. I get it. I get it. I don't know what... The problem is there. And I think that the idea and of... And that's what the- why they're number two. If you can't figure out the problem, it's the same reason why I have Texas A&M below those other five schools in the SEC. Because if you just rank all the stuff that we usually rank this on, proximity to recruits, resources, money, everything else, they have everything. Texas is the same situation, except maybe even better. And they can't put it together. And you can't put your finger on why. Yet Oklahoma, all they do is continue to succeed. There's something to be said for that. How big of a gap do you think there is between Texas and Oklahoma right now? Honestly. Not, not well, here's the thing. On the when field. you see them on the field, it's not that big. But the problem is, there is a gap. There is a gap in, in program quality because the difference between Texas and Oklahoma is... Texas plays up and plays Oklahoma close and then loses to TCU all the time or loses to to teams they're not supposed to lose to. When Oklahoma gets beat, it's because it's a well-coached team playing really well. Like, they lost to Iowa State last year. They lost to K-State the past two years. Okay, those are well-coached teams that played crazy good games against Oklahoma. I I think that you could make the argument that Oklahoma is – you know, a full step better, but the gap between the two on the field isn't as wide as the country thinks. And I think no, Oklahoma— No, it's it, the gap is in the coaching and in terms of program in the alignment. I'm telling you, being the coach at Oklahoma is easier than being the coach at Texas because Joe Castiglione, the AD, and the, they've got a new president now, but they had David Boren for basically the entirety of the time that Bob Stoops was there. They're going to work to make your job easier. I don't think you could say the same thing for the administration in Texas. Yeah, I mean, I understand that, you know, and I, you have a good point. My only thing with this is, A, I would rather be the state school in Texas. 
And B, I would rather be at that at that program uh, from a resources standpoint. Not that Oklahoma doesn't have it. And B or C, when this thing takes off, if and when it takes off, it is the the, the potential here is un, untapped. It's dysfunctional. And still, it's not that big of a difference between Oklahoma. Like it's like buying. Do you want to buy um, a stock that's going to increase seven percent a year, no matter what, uh, because that's the stock that you know is going to incrementally increase, or do you want to get one that has boom or bust mentality, but is a solid company? Like that's the difference here. It's almost like the type of investor that you are, and it's like I like. 7% with compound interest over the course of decades, that's going to get you there every time. But I also like the idea of a place that has every single possible college football resource that is on the cusp uh, of going through the roof. And as it underperforms is really not all that different than Oklahoma. Oklahoma's what lost two or three or four more. I mean, Texas has lost two or three or four more games total than Oklahoma in the past four years or something like that. And Oklahoma has made it to the playoff and you've seen all but one game become. I think Texas and Oklahoma are very similar. And if I wanted to start for the next five years right now, um, I, I again, Oklahoma's got so many quarterbacks, you can't even keep track of them. But like Texas to me is at least even five or 10 years ago, one of the best jobs in college football. I mean, like Texas is huge. I don't know why it doesn't work. <laughs> I don't know why it hasn't. And but that's the, reason the why problem. Has, you don't know why it doesn't work. The reason why it, I'm going with it doesn't work is because the coaches were wrong and those coaches were fired. Like anybody, like how many, how long would it take for Nick Saban to win a national championship in Texas? Longer than it did at Alabama. Do you think it would take three years if he started right now? Yeah. Yeah. Cause it's, it, look, Alabama's aligned. Alabama, everybody's pulling in the same direction. When Texas does that, it'll be the first time. Like it's just, it's it's like I believe it was DeLoss Dodds who talked about putting the BBs back in the box. Like for whatever reason, they can't. But how and much of that is the coach's responsibility? Do you think? Some, but not all. Like percentage wise, fifty. So you think that like administration and boosters and oh, all the other ab- stuff that comes along with I it? I think all of that matters. Fifty percent of the reason. 50% yeah. of the reason they're not winning? Yes. Might even be more than 50. Looking for an assist with your credit card, but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite free. You see this? A family watching baseball on DirecTV with no satellite dish in sight. Let's heckle them. You call that changing the channel? Choke up on the remote, buddy. I hope getting all these games on DirecTV makes up for your mother not preach you and your sunflower seeds. DirecTV has the most MLB games. Visit DirecTV.com. Claim based on total games offered on national and regional sports networks with choice package or higher. Availability of RSNs varies by zip code and package. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. Yeah, I, I think that the percentage might be 75-25 coaching. Like, even even a replacement-level coach should be able to win nine games a year at Texas. Because I think that you could make the argument, too, Andy, that Oklahoma's peaked. Like, this is it. Like, I don't know, until Oklahoma starts signing classes like Texas, 
I don't think that they'll ever be able to beat Alabama and win a national championship. Like Texas is more equipped and, you know, based on yeah, our no, discussion uh, Oklahoma, last week. We, we've discussed this a million times. Oklahoma is elite defensive linemen away from being able to actually compete for a national title. And they don't have that. And the teams that, that compete for national titles do. I think that you could say that Texas has a better roster to compete for a national title. And the only thing that Oklahoma has done is had, and it's not a small thing, it's a big thing, but they've had superior quarterback play. But from top to bottom roster-wise, Oklahoma and Texas are built very similarly. And like I think you could make the argument that Texas is closer to winning a national title than Oklahoma is. I would not make that argument. I would like to see Texas win the Big 12 for the first time since 2009 (laughs) before I I even come close to making that argument. You know who else has won the Big 12 since 2009? Oklahoma. Baylor. Oklahoma State. Yeah. Not Texas. It's a pretty crazy, and I think we're going to get into this more as we go down, Andy, but like, it's like, even from a gambling standpoint, it's such a hard conference to peg from Saturday to Saturday or big picture wise. Oh, and it's it's like, yeah. And as we're doing the series from conference to conference, we come across teams where it's like, I don't know why it doesn't work. Like Texas A&M was the one last week. And it's just like, maybe it's something in the state of Texas. I, think, I don't know. I think you're you discount. I don't know why it doesn't work, and I consider I don't know why it doesn't work to be a major impediment. I consider the coach's job to figure that out, and I think great coaches and you know Sark had his ups and downs in the past, but great coaches are the ones who solve those problems and win national championships. In Texas, for the past since Mac Brown hasn't had a great coach, right? And I and still even with all the dysfunction and all the coaching turnover and everything that's gone wrong there from an administration standpoint, they've still been pretty comparable to one of the best programs in college football, which is Oklahoma. Like imagine the second that the light light bulb goes on and like, maybe well, it won't, maybe it'll go another hundred years. And the we're light waiting. Bulb will never come on. <laughs> I but, mean, the, th- the thing, the thing you've got to remember is as good as Mac Brown was there, Oklahoma was still better that entire time. They both won one national title. But Oklahoma won a hell of a lot more Big 12 titles. Yeah. Oklahoma has always been more successful, and I think that's very interesting. I do. And that's but why like, in I terms have of like number what, one. Like, what job would I want to take right now? And, like, proximity to talent is always going to be my thing. And, yes, Norman is, like, what, 90 minutes away from Dallas? Like, I get that they're... It's more like two and a half. But you get the yeah, Arbuckle Mountain know. Pie Company where you can get the hand pies. I well, mean, there's also like three casinos. Just on the, the drive, way too. the I, casinos. <laughs> I'm recruiting linemen, Ari. I'm, I'm working with pies here. You ever been All to right. a casino pavay, pal? <laughs> they don't have the hand pies. They don't have apricot yeah. hand pies. I guarantee yeah. you that. Okay, uh-huh. so we, we got to get to the, the rest of the Big Twelve because 15 it got minutes in, we're at two. <laughs> very hard, very very hard after these two because I I didn't. I mean. We knew Kansas was 10, and we'll talk about Kansas and what's going on there right now later. But between three and nine, it was rough. I, can my three just be, I don't know? It has, well, you have to have somebody there. And I, so I put somebody there, and, and I went, I fell back on our, our old, reliable proximity to talent okay. and went with TCU. Okay, mine was Oklahoma State. Okay. And mine is just because their facilities are outrageous. Um, you could make an argument that Oklahoma State, though kind of in the middle of nowhere of Oklahoma, is also 
got very good advantageous geography and it doesn't have the word Texas in its uh, team name. But of course, the thing with this this whole conference, man, is that they all recruit the same area. Yeah, you know, I think Mike Gundy's done a very others. good job. I mean, Mike Gundy has done better than anybody else historically at Oklahoma State. That that's the thing. I I ranked them down. It's not like if I if you said who are the best programs right now in the league, it would go Oklahoma, Texas, Oklahoma State, and maybe not even in that order. But in terms of what's the best job, if you're if you if you could get the TCU job or the Oklahoma State job, which would you take if they're paying the same? Probably Oklahoma State. Okay, I, I, I mean that's why TCU I ranked them just, higher. Just just to be in DFW. Uh, you TCU know, I just, is my four, if that makes you feel okay. better. Yeah, I, I had Baylor yeah. four. An, a, a, another proximity thing. I had Oklahoma State five, but I honestly consider all three of them pretty okay. similar jobs. Baylor's my five, and the reason why Baylor was my five was just because it's right in the middle of Texas. It's yeah. like right in the middle. It's kind of, and it's a pretty big town. So like Waco's well, pretty large and, and place. Waco, Waco's barbecue scene has just exploded in the last few years. You got recruit yeah, linemen. That, that's that's very important. Very, very important. And, you know, if you if you want to renovate your house, you got Chip and Joe right there. That's that's pretty important, too. But, yeah. but no, I kind I kind of look at those three in a similar vein in that they are recruiting very much the same players. TCU and Baylor are closer to those players. But Oklahoma State, probably a little more historically successful, at least or recently successful. Yeah. Honestly, aside, like, we could just switch lists and I would be fine with your list. Well, but my thing, yeah, my thing with Oklahoma State is if you take Mike Gundy out of it and put a replacement level coach in there, I don't know that they are better than TCU and Baylor. They got T-Boone money. They do. But, but TCU and Baylor got money, too. I mean, they both just yeah. rebuilt stadiums and a, and a massive economic downturn. And uh, there's money. There's money to yeah. be had. If you're a school in Texas, there's money to be had. Yeah. Yeah. I I honestly could slide Oklahoma State to six on my list and not. I mean, well, I just okay. thought it was so difficult. So six, six is where it gets even weirder for me. Okay. Who'd you I have? I had West Virginia sixth. Okay. West Virginia is a little bit lower on my list. I, I pushed up Iowa State. Um, and I guess I'm going to be kind of a hypocrite right now. Um I don't know if this is because they've got one of the best head coaches and one of the best recruiting staffs in the entire country to bump them up higher. Um, I have a feeling they're going to be lower on your list, but then they're, them being lower on your list is a compliment to how great they've been. 100%. Let me just start by saying that I've been absolutely blown away by what that program has been able to accomplish from a talent evaluation standpoint, but also an on the field accomplishment standpoint, because sometimes it's, you have one and the other, they've got both. And yeah, you're just, to, but you're making the case for that, not being a great job. But that's just a bunch of great people in their yes, jobs right now. And what I was trying to get at is, is that maybe the great people at the place right now are making me, f um, rank them higher than it is. Well, it, and, okay. Let's, let's say they, let's say, We'll flip it. Let's say they coach at Texas Tech instead of they coach at Iowa State. I think they would accomplish the same things at Texas Tech as they would at Iowa State. Yeah, and, and Texas Tech and maybe is maybe easier. Texas Tech is my seven, and Lubbock is, is out in the middle of nowhere, but it's also got like a 
ton of people there and it's kind of, it's a city right so like well and, and and there's amarillo and you can still drive there from dallas i mean it's it's a long way from houston and austin and san antonio but but the populated parts of north texas it's not as bad to get to but west virginia for me i want to i want to talk about that a little bit because it's it's a weird spot you're not recruiting from the same pool of players as the rest of the league you're recruiting from you're basically fighting the bottom of the ACC for players. And I don't know if that's a good thing or not, but I think if you do it right, you can get some guys from Florida. You can get guys from Pennsylvania. You can get guys from, from up and down the Eastern seaboard. I mean, they, they did well with, with guys from Delaware uh, when they had uh, Sills and they got the transfer from Kenny Bigelow after he was at USC for a little while. But I mean, they've, they've got, Pretty rich recruiting grounds around them, even though they're never going to be number one on anybody's list. So I um, really want to go into West Virginia, and um, I will my, their number my number eight. But first, I wanted to make a point about Iowa State that I didn't make, just so people okay. have an understanding of why I put it there. Um, Iowa State, if you go look at their twenty twenty one class, got kids out of Ohio. Colorado, Missouri, Texas, Iowa, Arizona, Florida, and Illinois. And like the fact that there are some Ohio ties with the head coach uh, might have something to do with it. But Iowa State, despite not having the geography, I think you could say has recruited the best nationally as, you know, not. And, outside I, and of I would Texas say if Matt Oklahoma. Campbell's not there, none of those people are playing for them. But I also, too, wonder sometimes, and this happens when uh, successful coaches leave. Uh, if blueprints for success can be followed, the hardest thing for me uh, is yeah, can at least be for Wisconsin? a coach. A coach has one job or two different jobs, right? One is coaching and one is recruiting. And a lot of coaches aren't bo- good at both or aren't great at both, which is why there aren't a lot of Nick Sabans hanging around. But if there's somebody who comes before you who can define a strategy and a philosophy that works and outlines it for you and proves that it works – then half the job is already done when you take over because you already have that plan in place. Here, here's like, my what? thing. I don't. I don't think Iowa State's that type. This is. There's no formula for what Matt Campbell's doing. He's not formulaic. He takes what he's got and and creates yeah a bespoke scheme offensively to take advantage of that. And then what Haycock's done on defense is nothing short of brilliant because every team in America has stolen something from them. Yeah, it's like possible that like. Iowa State is just number eight, and they are incredible. I I don't know, uh, you know, if that's something that it's just being able to evaluate talent and then develop that well, talent. Because what are they? They're, I, they're I, like, I think there's a blueprint program in the league. It's just not Iowa State. Who's your blueprint program? Just say it. Come on, rub it in. Kansas, Kansas State. Okay, but first let's do West Virginia because I didn't I didn't okay. get to West Virginia. West right, Virginia yeah, is so low on my list because I think it's the most out of place team in any conference in college football. No, no question. No question. Like it doesn't make any sense to me how from a geographic standpoint they can't recruit the same state that everybody else recruits or at least they might attempt to. You can't drive to a single away game if you're a family member. Um so you can't see your kids play. Um, all the states that you mentioned that West Virginia is uh, attempting to recruit, they aren't the number one dog in any of those states. Um, West Virginia has no talent in, in high school football for the most part. Right. It tries to recruit Ohio, but what are they, fifth or sixth in Ohio when it comes to the yeah, talent I mean, there? Ohio is like, not the 
they they've got to they've got to be able to pipeline into Florida, which they, they've done successfully at times. Uh, they need to be able to Eastern Seaboard that they, they need to be able to recruit DM, the DMV area pretty well. They need to be able to recruit Pennsylvania well. I mean, clearly they're they're an hour from Pittsburgh, so Western PA they need to be able to recruit. I would say you got to be able to try to get some guys out of Jersey. And that, that's how you succeed. I mean, but think about problem, that recruiting plan, problem, though. That is yeah, insane. The, the, and the problem with it is you're going in there and saying, yeah, you guys excited about playing Oklahoma State and, and Texas and Texas Tech? And these kids who grew up watching Penn State and uh, you know Virginia Tech and Clemson and Florida, and they were like, huh? Who? Where? I think you can make the case that West Virginia has the most hurdles from a geographical standpoint. Well, we'll get to the Pac-12 here in a minute. But, but I, like, I, I, I will say that the 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 odd geography could be a sort of advantage if it's used properly. Because you I don't can think odd geography is ever an advantage. I think you ever. can be different than the rest of the league. Because so, like what you just outlined for them to do is really really hard. Well, they can dip into Jersey and dip into Florida and dip in. I mean, that's like a really can, hard. Or plan. they can fight over the same Texas kids that Oklahoma, Texas, TCU, and Baylor and Oklahoma State don't want. Which is also that's what a all bad these plan. other ones are doing. They don't that's have a good plan. That's what all the other ones are doing. But that's but they have a bad plan because they don't have a good plan, which is why they're number eight on my list. Okay. Well, I so I have West Virginia six, Texas Tech seven. Yep. I had K-State eight because I do think there's a blueprint there. And I think they messed up the first time Bill Snyder retired. Ron Prince did not want to follow the blueprint. It didn't work. So they brought Bill Snyder back. I think Chris Kleiman is following the blueprint. And I think he can he can make that program. They're not going to... They're probably never going to be consistently great, but they're going to be solid. They're going to be a tough out. They're going to be the team that everybody hates to play every single time. And what's the blueprint? The blueprint is is judiciously recruit out of the JCs, but not overdo it. You saw Charlie Weiss overdo it at Kansas and what that can cause. And then evaluate, great, develop, play seniors, play juniors and seniors. You know, you're getting guys, you you have to have a great evaluating staff, but you're getting guys who are probably not dealing with a lot of other Power 5 offers or any other Power 5 offers, and so therefore are going to be willing to work and develop for two or three years. Yeah, they just got um, a pretty talented quarterback named Jake Rubley. I wrote about him, Um, and... He was a top 150 player. I don't know if he's been re-ranked since, but you know, if you get a right the right quarterback and then you kind of mesh that together, I think it's possible yeah. um, to do well, something. And it's just like Colin, you know what, Colin Andy? Klein is a great example of that, right? I, I think that the thing that I would take away from the Big 12, and maybe more so than any other conf- conference, they seem outside of West Virginia to be the most stacked on top of each other from a location standpoint. But I feel like all these places with the right coach and the right plan and the right execution of that plan can win big. And I think that's why we've seen Baylor contend for a right. national championship. Right. That's why we've seen okay. TCU. Oklahoma State's been good. I All haven't mentioned have Iowa State. I haven't mentioned Iowa State, and they played for the league title last year. Yeah. Did you put them at nine? I had them at nine. I think it's a very hard job. I think what Matt Campbell has done there is extraordinary. I think he is he has done an incredible job there. Because I was looking, I mean, just just look at it on a map. Okay, you're you're really in Big Ten country. It's it's you're asking the kids from Texas to go as far in the Big Twelve as they can go, except for West Virginia, and West Virginia is probably not recruiting them. It's it's a big ask. 
you have to be able to find players. You have to be able to trust your evaluation. And I think that's what they've done so great at is they are just brilliant evaluators. Uh, the, the way they got Brock Purdy is, is a prime example of that. You know, just, just understanding that they had some connections in Phoenix. Uh, one of the recruiting staffers was a, was a Phoenix guy and was like, hey, this, this dude who's smashed every record in Phoenix has one offer and it's from Boise State. Y'all, y'all might want to jump in on him. And then Matt Campbell takes it the rest of the way because Brock Purdy could have gone to Texas A&M. He actually could have gone to Alabama. He could have gone to UCF. But it was Matt Campbell that, that closed that deal. That's why they have Brock Purdy. And, you know, you talked about the places they're getting players from. That's because people want to play for Matt Campbell. You talk to him for five minutes and you want to play for him. Yeah, the thing about Ames is that, A, it's, it's, what, 30 miles away from a major city, the biggest city maybe in Iowa. It is close to Des Moines. Yeah, and, and, and the thing is, like, people back, Des Moines is a really nice town. So... That part of it, I don't look at Ames as being super remote. I don't think that's really the problem. But it is remote in terms of proximity to players. There's and, not a and, ton of players in Iowa, but it's close to Omaha. It's yeah. close to Des Moines. It, it, it's every bit as manageable to recruit out of Chicago as it is for Iowa. But you can but recruit. Are you, you, you going to go to Iowa or Iowa State? I don't know. The thing that I like about Iowa State, and the reason why it partially was a little bit higher on my list is because Iowa State can recruit Big 12 players and Big 10 players. It's close enough to Big 10 players where you can have access to the the location of it, but you can also sell all the kids in Texas and Oklahoma and all the other ones in between and playing in the conference. And it's like if you actually like take a step back and look at the potential um, in terms of access to players that Iowa State has from just a geographical strategy standpoint, I think you could say that Iowa State is the best off of all the teams outside of the ones that have Texas in their name in Oklahoma. I, but the, like, the I mean, problem, they, it's, it's sort of like the West Virginia thing, but where do they fall on the list of those, those schools? Because you've got Iowa there, you've got Nebraska there, you've got Minnesota there, you know, and look, Nebraska's down. Minnesota had one good year a couple of years ago, but Ferentz is putting dudes in the NFL on the regular. So, that's a tough thing to turn down. And the other problem is if the kid's good enough, watch out for the Buckeyes. You know, they may be coming in. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I mean watch out, watch out for the Badgers, watch out for the Wolverines. They're coming in too. So that's that's the other problem there. But no, I, I understand where you're coming from. I just think but, I think it's yeah. a, it, I think you look historically, Iowa State has been a brutally tough place to win games. And yeah. Matt Campbell and his staff have done an extraordinary job. I, I think it's a hard job that they are doing incredibly well. And they might have just been the like have done such a good job that it makes me feel like it's more manageable. And you know, I can I can own up to that. Um I also know that like the thing that they've done the best is that they've picked their spots perfectly. Like the Brock Purdy anecdote that you just gave. And I reread your story, Valley of the Quarterbacks, recently because I was writing something about quarterbacks and it's just like that is recruiting at its finest finding an in finding yep. an advantageous person to recruit and then attacking that and Iowa State isn't going up against Ohio State and Michigan for players they're identifying players in those same regions that are being overlooked by the big teams that don't have room for those players getting those really good players and then turning them into studs and it's like but Iowa State it, I actually would want to look this up Andy 
Um, mm-hmm. A team that played for a conference championship, and, and maybe Northwestern has done this a few times too, but the lowest ranked teams in the 247 composite blue chip ratio rankings yeah. to play for a conference championship. I think I think Virginia, that Iowa State was in the Virginia 60s. a couple of years ago. Uh, Duke in 2013 would probably be on that list. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's just remarkable. I, I can't say it enough. That and that's my thing. If you if Matt, if that's not Matt Campbell trying to close that that player coming to your school, I'm not sure you get him. I think I think there's a lot to be said for that. And so we'll see. Now, my number ten was your number ten, Kansas, and obviously that has been in the news. I I would suspect that Kansas is going to move on from Les Miles. You know, there. The stuff that came out of LSU is really gross. And let's be honest, he hasn't won enough for them to to even think about defending him on this. Yeah. Yeah. It's just a difficult situation. But, you know, whatever was in that report, we all we all read it. I mean, it was it was a tough stuff to read. And, you know, you can't do that stuff. <laughs> There's no excuse for it. If you're it, not allowed you to be around college students. You probably shouldn't work on a college campus like that. That's just all there is to it. So, yeah. And then if you're Kansas, I mean, you've got what you've got to figure out if you're Kansas is do you want to obviously you want to get rid of less miles. You probably want to try to fire him for cause if he can. Can you also fire Jeff Long for cause for not properly vetting less miles? Because I think that's the other thing you would want to do, because Jeff Long's one point five million dollars a year. And his contract automatically extends if any of their programs go on NCAA probation. Well, guess what? Their basketball team's pretty embroiled in that FBI case. There's a good chance they could go on probation at some point in the next couple of years, at which point Jeff Long automatically extends. So do you want to pay that guy $1.5 million a year for the next four years, for the next five years? I don't think you do. So you try to figure that out, and then – you know, go try to fi- hire somebody who might actually be able to win there, which is another story entirely. And like somebody in his position should have been able to find out those things. Well, you know, this, it, listen, this wasn't the, the hiring of Les Miles was a bad. It was a bad hire all along. And this isn't revisionist history. You can go back and listen to all the radio shows I did. You can read what I wrote. I was not impressed with this hire at all. I thought this was Jeff Long going. I'm going to hire someone the boosters have heard of, and maybe that will increase donations. It was an incredibly short-sighted way to hire a football coach. Yeah, and I think that it's not just Kansas. I think a lot of schools do this, where they just decide, hey, which is the most recognizable name out there? Yeah. Let's give him a shot to give people hope. They, they, they took the and guy who just got like, fired because he, he wasn't winning enough with LSU talent, and you're going to give him like the most not LSU talent and expect him to win? You don't hire an underachiever for that job. Yeah, no, I agree completely. And it's something when we get to the Pac-12, we'll we'll talk about because schools in the Pac-12 have done the same thing. And it's just like to me, I would always err on on hiring somebody uh, who is on his way up, not on his way down. That's kind of that would be my philosophy if I were an athletic director. Thanks so much for listening. If you want to hear more like this, the Andy Staples Show and Friends podcast feed is running all year long. We've got three episodes a week from me. We've got a, an episode a week from Nicole Auerbach. There may be some more stuff jumping into that feed as we go forward. But college football never really ends. So we never stop talking about it. So if, if you're hankering for some college football coverage, you want to talk college football, 
We got it for you. The Andy Staples Show and Friends feed right here.